You're listening to Breathe, Focus, Repeat, a podcast about business ownership and self-discovery. I'm Brooke Monahan. I help people simplify their work so they can breathe and focus on what they love. And in this podcast, I tell my story as a brand new business owner and shed a light on what it really takes to make it happen for yourself. I'm so excited to now be part of HoneyBook's educator program, allowing me to give my listeners 50% off of their first year with HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an amazing client management program that allows you to create automated workflows and communications, manage projects in a collaborative space with your clients, take payments, and more. HoneyBook also comes with a bunch of amazing templates, including contracts and proposals, so you can stop worrying about creating all of your documentation from scratch and get straight to the fun part. To get 50% off of your first year with HoneyBook, go ahead and follow the link in the show notes. By purchasing through my link, you support me personally and help me as I continue to produce the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Breathe, Focus, Repeat. I am excited to be recording episode number five. Today, I want to tell you guys a little bit more like in depth um, about what the past year was like for me and specifically what the very first steps were that I took about a year ago. Before I get into it, though, just a couple of things. Um, As I have said before, if you are listening and enjoying the podcast, please make sure to leave me a rating and review on iTunes. It makes a really, really big difference to the show, and it's a really easy way to support me and what I am doing. Um, The other thing is that I have started sending out a weekly newsletter, so I am going to put a link to join my newsletter in the show notes. Um, If you go ahead and follow that link and leave me your email, I will start sending you the weekly newsletter as well as my free guide to begin simplifying your work, which is something that I shared on Instagram um, a couple of weeks ago. And I have a PDF to go along with that. So I'll send you that as like a little bonus for signing up. Um, If you are not already following me on Instagram, also make sure to go over and catch me there. That's actually like the best place to follow me because I'm on there every day. Although I am making some changes to try to be on there less, which I think I'm going to do a whole episode about Uh, I'll probably record that next week or the week after as I try to kind of wean myself off of Instagram uh, because I have an Instagram problem. But anyway, my Instagram handle is at Briggs Monahan. That's B-R-I-G-G-S-M-O-N-A-G-H-A-N. And let me just get into what I wanted to cover today. So this kind of was all brought on by the fact that this week, I am interviewing to be a guest on the Raise Your Hand Say Yes podcast, which is absolutely fucking mind-blowing to me. So last July, I had my like aha moment that I had spoken about in episode one, and a big part of that was hearing Tiffany Hahn on a podcast. From there, I found Raise Your Hand Say Yes, which is her podcast, and like honestly just became drawn into everything that she was saying. I had wished for a while that something like this podcast existed, like Breathe, Focus, Repeat existed, but honestly, raise your hand, say yes. Although Tiffany is a successful business owner, like it still just checked all of the boxes because finally someone was talking about the fear, the perfectionism, like the people-pleasing tendencies, all of the things that they don't teach you in business school, all of the things that are not addressed when you start looking into like what are the first steps to starting a business. And she brought them up in a way that was different from 
what I had been hearing in other interviews with successful entrepreneurs. It wasn't in a way of like, I just did this because I was so great. It's more so in a way of like, I work with people who do this and I am here to tell you that the way that you feel is very, very normal. And also like, here's how you deal with it. And it just was something like I had never heard before. And I got honestly like kind of obsessed with this podcast. Like I still listen to it immediately. I have an episode that came out today that I haven't listened to yet. And I've seen it on my phone and I'm like, like it takes everything in my being to not just stop and listen to it because I love it that much. So that's why I just cannot believe that like I'm going to be a guest on this podcast is unbelievable. So I remember being in the gym listening to it. There was like a very specific moment and this was probably last July or August of 2018. Um, So I was on like the turf in the gym. I was laying down. I think I was doing those like hamstring curl things that you do with like a stability ball. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, it's not important. Anyways, I was like laying on the floor and I can remember looking up at the ceiling, listening to Tiffany Hahn. It was one of the first episodes that I listened to. And at the time I was working at Banana Republic and normally at the gym, I would always have this like slight tinge of like anxiety and guilt. Like either my phone was going to ring or like I would be thinking like something's happening at the store that I should be there for. And like my people are going to be like stressed out, like on their own and like I should be there for it. Or, you know, just always like worried that something was going to go wrong or that someone was going to need me and I was going to have to stop what I was doing. But while I was listening to this podcast, I remember feeling kind of like a weight lift off of me. I knew that everything that she was saying was real. I trusted her. I knew that if I did it, I could have what she was talking about. And I had never felt that way before. I always listened to these things and thought like, that's great for you, but that's not for me. I can't do that. Um, I think because I was so far from taking the leap, it's not like I was on the edge, like looking for a little nudge. Um, I had ignored the voice that was inside of my head telling me that there was more for me for so long. I ignored that voice and she kind of spoke to me in that place and had me finally seeing how to create the life that I had always wanted. But I also felt this sense of distrust in myself. I thought like, wow, this is fantastic to know that it's possible, but you won't do it because you never do it. Um, And that was kind of when I decided or when I started to first think about leaving my retail job. So this was kind of like the first step that I took. And I didn't talk about it that much in the first episode when I talked about like the beginning. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit more here because I know that so many people who want to kind of take the leap and start their own business have a day job. And I do not want to perpetuate the idea that the only way to work for yourself is to just like quit your job and like, you know, go at it full throttle because that's not what I did. Um, I mean, I kind of did at the end, but at least in the beginning, there were steps that I took in between and it really took me a year to get to this place that I'm at now. So because the first thing that I needed to begin doing was living in a way that aligned with who I was and what I wanted, um, I knew that I needed to leave that job. I needed to be able to talk about it without people or talk about the fact that I wanted to, um, you know, start my own business without people wondering if or when I would be leaving. Like, I didn't want to talk to my staff about that because I thought that they were going to like not trust 
that I would be around, you know, or they would be always wondering if I was leaving or people just start to in retail, especially like there are so many limited the opportunities to advance are very limited because of the fact that stores are closing. And so when people catch wind of the fact that someone's going to leave, people start planning in their minds for either how they're going to get the job or who's going to get the job. And it's not a healthy, it's just not a healthy way for like a staff to be operating. So I couldn't really talk about what I wanted. And I needed to have a job where I felt that my efforts were paying off in a way that was bigger than just the monetary results of my work. Um, I felt like that was really important to me at that time, just to make me feel more fulfilled and kind of move in that direction of fulfillment. I needed to be proud of what I was doing and I needed to have the time and the structure that would allow me to begin introducing things back into my life that for a long time I wasn't able to sustain because of my job. Um, so I basically became obsessed with raise your hand, say yes, with that podcast. I was listening to the backlog and by some accident, cause that podcast has been out for five years. So if you are looking for something to like dive into, like if you're relating to what I am saying, um, that is your jam. Like it is specifically geared toward women. So you know, but I honestly think that everyone could get something out of it. Truly. It's just that Tiffany, um, focuses on women. And I think that women have a, their own specific set of kind of obstacles. And so it's a little bit heavier on those, but I really think that everyone could get something out of it. And so I was listening to the backlog and by some accident, I ended up listening to a new episode, like the, a new episode came out and it just automatically downloaded. And so I went into my app and I started playing and it played the new episode. And Tiffany was talking about the raise your hand, say yes, inner circle. So this is like a year long coaching and mentoring program that she does. And it's the only way that you can work with her one-on-one for an extended period of time, or at least at the time it was. She now does do one-on-one coaching, but in my budget, it was the only way that I could have ever afforded to work with her anyways. And, um, people probably think that she like pays me or something because I'm just, I have talked, literally talked about her in every episode, but it's like to leave it out would be just, it would be leaving out such a big part of the story because it really is what gave me like my first kick in the ass to, to start just taking the small steps. So when I first heard about the raise your hand, say yes, inner circle, my first thought was like, it's not for me. It's great for people who actually do shit, but I'm not one of them. So uh, at the time, me and two of my girlfriends had been getting together like once a week and doing these things that we were calling power meetings. So power meetings were basically like the three of us would pick a place to get together, Someone would like make food because if you know me, you know that like I'm not you're not going to get me to stay anywhere for three hours if there isn't food. And we would just like talk about shit that you would normally never talk about. Like we would just dig into the deepest shit um, and just like get it all out there. And honestly, it was the fucking best. If you have like a couple of friends like who are kind of going through a transformative time in their life and you feel like you're going through a transformative time in your life, like get together just you guys and like specifically make that time, time to talk about it because it made, it it just made an enormous difference and it was, it was amazing. And we still do it on some level. I think that it's just now we just, we just talk about those things without it being 
needing to be an event, which is amazing. But anyway, um, we basically would just talk about everything and like literally nothing was off limits. And at these meetings, um, it just became, these meetings were just absolutely like essential in me taking the next steps forward because it was a place for me to experiment with sharing whatever ideas were in my head and then hearing people react to them. And usually that reaction was like, fuck yeah, like obviously you should do that. Um, Where my mind had always been programmed to think that I was going to say the things that I wanted to do and someone was going to be like, that's stupid. And so I would just never say it because I just, Matt, I just had already decided that it was going to be discouraged and I didn't want to have to deal with that because I knew that I didn't have the confidence in myself to just move forward with it anyway. And I think that at the time I brought up, we were at one of these meetings and I brought up the inner circle like, yeah, you know, I don't know how much it is and I probably shouldn't spend the money if I'm going to quit my, you know, retail job because I'm probably going to end up having to get a, take a pay cut. But you know, if I don't do it now, then I have to wait an entire year and I do not want to be in this place like a year from now. And so basically after talking to my friends and them being like, um, like you never stop talking about this fucking podcast. What the fuck are you waiting for? So I ended up writing an email, um, to Tiffany to basically ask her like if it seemed if it would actually be a good fit for me. And so I actually pulled the email out because I was going through this stuff and I think that it might be helpful like to just be really honest about where I was a year ago. So this is what I wrote to her. I said, I heard an interview with you on the Women Work and Worth podcast and have been listening to your podcast ever since. I all I have also been clicking around on your website quite a bit almost every day and have had the application to your inner circle up for over a day. Still unsure if it's right for me. I'm wondering if you think that this is the right step. I would really appreciate your input. I have a full-time retail job. I run a very successful location for an international brand and thought once I got the promotion that my 10 years in retail would finally be worth it. Now I know that this is absolutely not what I want out of life. I've known since I was a kid that I wanted my own business, but I've never stumbled upon that thing that I wanted to dedicate my business to. I love the business and operation stuff itself, but didn't have a passion to apply that to. I, it wasn't until very recently that I realized that the stuff that I love and I'm good at, like business operations, processes, and systems are the things that other people find really boring and that I could actually help people with that. The idea of starting a consulting business for women now literally keeps me up at night. It's all that I think about. And I've started feeling like most other things in my life that I know drain me are just distracting me from the one thing that I know I need to do. Here is why I am hesitating. My job pays my bills. I need the benefits and I don't know how to keep my job and start this. I know that I need to put this out there into the world and tell everyone what I want to do in order for this to work. But I also have the sort of job that could be affected if people are sensing that I'm trying to leave. I've been toying with the idea of leaving my full-time job and working just enough elsewhere to get by while I start this thing, but I still don't have this, this figured out. I guess I'm wondering if these obstacles I am feeling are normal, feel, fearful reactions that the inner circle could help me work through, or if this will be a waste if I don't have the logistics figured out yet. I know in my gut that I need to act now and stop putting this dream off, but do I need to know how before joining the inner circle? Thank you so much for your time and for everything that you do. And basically, so that's where I was a year ago. 
no fucking idea. Like still working in retail and just like, I'm scared, but I want to do this. And I have no idea how to do it. And like, I don't know how I'm supposed to like stay in my job and make this happen. But I also don't know how I'm supposed to like leave my job and survive. And Tiffany basically wrote me back and was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is perfect for you. And so um, I ended up joining. So it was an investment, but I felt like the investment was important because it meant that I needed to take it seriously. So that email was written on September 6th. And almost exactly one month later, I wrote this email to my staff, which I am also going to read to you. So this was an email that I wrote to my entire staff at my store. Um, What a year. When I took over the store last August, I really never imagined the impact we would have together as a team. As you know, our results were top three in the brand last year, and we are on track to do it again. This is all because of the dedication that each one of you put into bringing our vision to life every day in our store. Your interactions with our customers and the hard work that you put into executing every day have made our store exceptional because you guys really are exceptional. I can't thank you enough for believing in me and the other amazing leaders in our store. With that being said, I am reaching out to each of you to deliver some difficult news. After some very deep reflection and soul searching, I have decided that it is time for me to end my retail career. I gave my notice yesterday and will be finishing out my time here in two weeks. It is very important to me that you understand where this decision is coming from and that you hear it from me directly. As most people in retail will tell you, my time in retail was not planned. This was simply where I landed and I liked it. I was good at it. However, nine years later, I have realized that I have now put off the things that I want for my own life for far too long. I have always seen myself working for a nonprofit or starting a business where I can put my skills to use to help people. About two months ago, I began taking steps to make that happen and quickly realized that this job does not offer me the time and energy to pursue much else. It was for that reason that I reached out to, the, to a nonprofit that I love and believe in and began exploring other options. Thus, I will be getting my be beginning my new job with Evergreen Health starting October 24th. I want each of you to know that this decision has nothing to do with the store and that I feel more at home with all of you than I have at any job prior. I also do not want any of you to harbor any negative feelings toward Banana Republic because the reality is that a career with any retailer would be at odds with my own personal life goals at this point in time. If any of you would like to talk, please reach out to me. You can call me, text me. I gave them all of my you know, personal information. I'll also be at the store until October 17th. If any of you need anything in the future, please let me know. I would love to keep in touch. This store fits into most of your lives as a way to support yourselves while you work toward your own goals. And that is a beautiful thing. As you move forward, just know that sometimes you need to make big, scary decisions in order to be true to yourself and what you really want in life. If you have something you want to do in your own life, go for it, even if it's scary. Know that you are smart enough that you'll figure it out. And if you are honest about what you want, the support you get will amaze you. Make me proud and kick butt this holiday. So this was uh, in October. I wrote this on October 4th of 2018. So today is September 3rd, 2019. So this was just about a year ago that I wrote this. And... Two weeks later, I took a full week off and then began working at my nonprofit job. And you guys, that was so important. So he said in this letter, and like part of the reason why I read you both of those emails is because I want you to know like exactly where I was a year ago, exactly how I felt. That 
email was super fucking scary for me to write. The email to Tiffany Hahn was really scary. That email was really scary. Never mind actually leaving. But like I said in that email, I was telling like my staff, like, look, for some of you guys, working here is it it fits into your lives in a way that is supporting you and doing what you want. That is amazing. That is what everyone should be doing before they can, you know, go full on into that thing that they want. And so my whole point of saying that is like, if you have a day job and it is working for you in, as you, you know, do what you want and start to build your business, then you don't have to necessarily leave. If you have a day job, however, that is draining you, then that's a different story. And that was the situation that I was in. Um, And so I want to tell you about kind of why I left, but why I left for a different day job. So first of all, the job that I left for, first, I took a big ass pay cut. So I kind of felt like I needed to take a pay cut and see that I could be happier just to like knock myself out of the habit of thinking that if I just got promoted or I made more money, then it would make all of the bullshit worth it. Because for me, that had proven to definitely not be true. (laughs) And I needed to put my own needs before money and see that I could do it and that I would be fine and would actually be happier. So that might not be true for all of you guys, but for me, it definitely was because I was in this pattern of like getting sucked into like I'd be recognized for being good at something and then immediately I would start thinking about like okay what's the next step for from here like maybe if I just have that I'll have a little bit more independence and a little bit more money and then I'll be happy and then I can like you know avoid having to do the big scary thing and wasn't working so taking a pay cut was kind of like an important step I think And the other thing was that I started working nine to five, which for me was a luxury. I had been working the most random ass schedule, like 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. Sometimes I was going in at 9 p.m. and working until 6 a.m., like just totally random combinations of nine hour shifts all week, all mixed together that were simply determined by like what would make things work work best for the store and trained me to put money first and then to put like my needs second and success in terms of like high performance first and my needs second and that was something that just I I didn't even think about like I thought that that was normal and now that I look back on it like that job was really not healthy for me at all I and I imagine that it's okay for other people who don't let it bother them as much but the anxiety that it caused me um was not good because I just I am um, I really need the freedom and like having a crazy wacky ass schedule that is affecting my whole life is just not a good place for me to be in. So working nine to five was amazing. The other thing that happened when I went to this new job was that I got the validation that I was actually pretty fucking skilled at some stuff. So it's not like I was just a good retail manager. Like I was good at systems and processes. I knew it when I went there and I started doing it and was getting the recognition for it and getting more kind of workload. And I was as good as as I thought I was. And even though like that was not technically part of my job description in my new job, I ended up jumping into this role of like helping revamp the way that the department that I was in was operating a little bit um, because I knew how amazing it could be. And 
I knew that I was a person to do it and I wanted to do it and it was welcomed. Like that was a place where it was just like, oh, we can do things differently. Like, yes, let's, let's do it and make it better. And I was working with a really like amazing team. And so I had the ability to do it and the validation that I got from that was awesome. And I was still able to do a lot of the things that I liked doing in my retail job with like the systems and processes and operations. Um, and people were telling me like, you should be a consultant or like a business coach or something. Like I would totally pay you. And I would kind of follow up with like, funny you say that I've always thought of starting my own business. And like, I was able to say that there and I made some connections that way. Like there are people who I now know, like want my services. And I have worked with people who I met at that point in my life, um, just by making like not being afraid to say those things in conversation. Um, I met some amazing people at that job who knew who I really was. And I also, like I said, I made those connections that would kind of lead to business in the future. Um, when I ventured out on my own, I was able to like, one of the greatest things was that I was able to take a backseat for a little while. I was in an entry level job again and I was like playing a support role. I wasn't in charge. I wasn't responsible for everything. Oh my God, it was fucking glorious. Like if you have a job that looks amazing on paper or like you have a job that has like this great title and like you're, you're used to being the boss. Oh, man, go down to entry level for a while because it is, I felt like I was on vacation the entire time that I was there. I really thought that that was going to wear off, but I'm not kidding you. Like I started there in October and I left in June the whole time I felt like I was on vacation. And also I was able to practice like being in a support role, putting my needs before work, like all of that stuff. And I was working with people who also understood the importance of balance. So in retail, people talk about work-life balance a lot. Um, it's like one of those terms that people like to throw out there, like, because, you know, I don't know. I think that people want to be the exceptional one who actually care about that stuff. Um, and also, like, for those of us who are managers, it was something that we talked about all the time as something that we just really, like, needed and wanted. But work-life balance was spoken about in a far different way. So it was kind of like, you better take a week off because your PTO is about to expire and everyone's worried that you're going to have an actual fucking nervous breakdown. Like that's what work-life balance was. Uh, At this job, it was more like, oh, you're sick? Yeah, go home. Like, oh, you don't feel well? Yeah, you probably shouldn't come to work. Like what? Which by the way, that never happened. I think that I did go home because I didn't feel well like once or twice. But it wasn't like I needed like sick days. It was just the idea that like people actually cared about like you first. And it wasn't. And and also like at, in retail, it's not like people don't care. It's just that the way that it's set up, like you can't be that way. I had never worked somewhere where that was a thing. Like if, yeah, if another manager were there and you didn't feel well, then maybe you'd leave a little bit early, but you still had to be there to like cover that person's break. Or, you know, if you woke up and you didn't feel well, like you had to call somebody else who was not supposed to be working and make them come in and they're working just as shitty of a schedule as you. So you just suck it up. Um, It was never like, oh, yeah, like you don't you're sick, like the work can just get done when you get back. That's just not a thing. So that was like a totally new thing. So. All of those things were so important to me over the course of the year. Um, I didn't leave my nine to five until the end of June. And so that was 
a couple of months ago. And all of the progress that I made over the past year, for the most part, happened while I was at that day job. So day jobs can be a beautiful thing. And anyone who's listening to this thinking that they want to start making moves forward toward that thing that they've always wanted to do, but they can't because they need their day job. Um, to that, I would say, if you really feel like your current day job is n- not allowing you to do what you want, maybe there's a different day job or a part-time job that can help you remain financially stable, but also give you the time and energy and support to make those changes. Because sometimes that's better. Um, for me, it bought me a lot of time. I was able to just allow myself to figure things out for months. And if I had just jumped directly into trying to start my own business, I just would not have been ready. And I probably would have quit because I would not have been ready. But what I would caution against is if you start looking at day jobs to apply to like, you you know, you start looking at other day jobs and you're going to go and apply to another job and suddenly you start doing the whole like, oh, well, this one pays a lot of money and I might be qualified. So I could probably just like get promoted and then I could just do that forever. Problem solved. Um, Check that thought process right there because It could be that that job is your dream job and it could just like you could just slip into it and it would satisfy all of your desires. But for me, what was really happening and I would say in most cases, what's probably happening is you're defaulting back to those old old thought processes that were not ever serving you and are not good for you. Like I was definitely defaulting back to those old ways of thinking that never ever paid off. The thought processes that told me that more money and a great title would make the bullshit worth it. And the fact is that the idea of more money and a good title on paper was not what was keeping me up at night. That was not the thing that had me coming like that was not the thing that had been coming up and nagging me for nine years. That was just a solution that looked good to everybody else that would soften the blow of the bullshit because it would allow me to buy more shit, go on more trips, do whatever I needed to do to like numb the sting of having a shit job that I don't actually like. But that was the old way of doing things. Um, and that's what I was doing. I was just defaulting back to what I knew. And I did that a lot when I was looking for a different job. So I would definitely caution you against that. And that way of operating, you know, it probably and at least in my case, like I needed to do things totally different from how I, how I had ever done them before if I was going to get myself out of the mess that I was in. So I would definitely look out for that. If you start looking for another job and you start going down the whole like indeed rabbit hole of like trying to find the perfect job, really just check yourself before you go any further. Um So if you start finding yourself thinking like, well, I've always wanted to do this thing, but maybe I should just try to get promoted or go somewhere where I can make more money instead, because then I'll be satisfied and that voice will go away. I am here to tell you, first of all, no, it won't. And second of all, that promotion or that new job has its own bullshit that is very real, I promise you. And you may think that that money is going to help you deal with that, but I promise you that is a temporary fix. The only thing that is going to allow you to deal with the bullshit and not end up right back in this place that you are in right now is passion for what you do. That is the voice that you have to follow because the only thing that will be different next time is you will have a new set point. And like if you if you go to this, you know, 
new job that you think is going to satisfy all of your desires. And so it will silence that voice of you having to like go for the big scary thing. You're going to establish a new set point for yourself. And that next time around, that pay cut will seem even more unattainable because you're going to get used to making that money. The title, if it's better, is going to be even harder to walk away from. So be on the lookout for that. It is so important that you tune into that voice that keeps nagging you and telling you what you're meant to do, what will finally make you feel whole. And your first step is to envision a life in the not so distant future where you're able to at least start doing those things. How could you make that possible? Maybe it includes a day job that is there to support you as you make your shift. But whatever that job is, remember that that job is there to make it possible for you to do what you're truly meant to do. And it's there to help you live your life. And if you find yourself going down that spiral again, trying to find the perfect job that's going to just make that voice go away, my bet is that you are going, you're getting wrapped up in that same old thought pattern. Um, looking for your dream do- job to just like smack you in the face so that you can avoid the inconvenience of having to go out there and make it happen for yourself. Um, so I, it's not going to happen. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you this, but chances are if you keep having this thing come up and it's like telling you over and over and over again, this is what you're meant to do. At some point, you might have to listen to it and you're probably not going to find it on some random job search website. So if you guys want to hear about my experience in the inner circle, which is the program that I joined, um, which I worked through during the entire past year, mostly while I was at my day job, go over to the podcast, raise your hand, say yes, um, because I am doing an interview on that with Tiffany Han. And it should, I think that it's going to be out, I think on the same day that this episode airs. So it should be out. Um, And in fact, you should just subscribe to that podcast and listen to that five-year backlog because it just might change your life. She is amazing. And if you had told me a year ago that I would be on that podcast talking about how I turned shit around for myself, I would absolutely not believe you. And I'm telling you, it was that podcast that was the first thing that like jolted me into action. So I highly recommend it. Um, But yeah, I would not have believed you, but... It turns out that we are capable of a lot more than we think that we are, Um, but it all just starts with tuning into ourselves, putting our needs first, which is what I was able to do when I went to that new nine to five job and staying true to that passion that won't go away, that just keeps coming up for you. So um, you're going to start hearing from other entrepreneurs in the coming episodes, which I'm really excited about. I have a couple of people who are coming on who are just leaving their jobs. And then one person who is working a day job and building her side business on the side, which is fantastic. So I want to kind of represent that as well, because just because you need your nine to five or your, you know, steady job with benefits or whatever, that doesn't mean that you can't start to build your side business. Uh, But for now, please make sure that you're subscribed so that you don't miss all of the great stories that are going to be coming your way. And also, if you are not getting my newsletter, um, go ahead to that link in the show notes so that you can stay connected with me between episodes and hear all about what I am currently offering in my business because that is kind of a separate thing. And I'm going to start to bring more of that into the podcast. But for now, I really don't want to skip over the important stuff that I've been wanting to share with you guys from an entrepreneurial perspective. So thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys on the next episode. You are the best.